The following podcast is sponsored by you. If you'd like to donate to help us continue providing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there, please use the link in the show notes for this episode. Proceeds from your donations will be used to pay for hosting fees, which are the most expensive ongoing part of providing this show. Thank you in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. VCU fans, you really couldn't ask for much more than that. What an absolutely magnificent performance, the kind of performance that has been missing from VCU for quite a while, and they delivered. They delivered massively in what was a massive game. Welcome to Rams Rewind out in podcast land, also live here in the VCU Good, the Bad, and the Ugly group. No ugly or bad today, really. Not too much of that. A whole lot of good. A whole lot of good from VCU in a game that they had to have because as 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 we discussed before, Fordham could have overtaken them today. Not technically because, of course, they would have been tied in the standings, but if Fordham had won, they would have been tied and Fordham would have had the tiebreaker. And we would have potentially been on for a four-way tie for first in the Atlantic 10. Well, Nick Kern was not having any of that. And as we get started with this podcast, we're going to start with him. First and foremost, if you like what you hear and you want to help us out, shoot us a little dinero. There is a link to the PayPal in the description on Podbean and the various other podcasting platforms. We appreciate your help when you give it to us. Thank you so much for supporting us all season as you have. Nick Kern, man. Oh, it's just... just it was so it was so joyful. He was so jo- joyful, and you could hear it. I'm coming home from work, listening to the game, and Nick Kern is. You can tell Nick Kern is just like I'm going to put a charge into everybody today. He was everywhere, defensively, offensively, bothering the Fordham Rams, causing them problems on defense, making getting those early shots in, and didn't you love? Was it either first or second basket? I think it was the first basket of the game. You know, Watkins, who's, you know, back in the lineup himself and sometimes kind of gets 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 thinking more about his game than others. He sets Kern up for a layup, and that's the start of it. And Nick Kern has, you know, eight of VCU's first 11 points, and they're up 11-2. to two, And he just set the tone, that young man. And we'll go to the second half real quick, but we'll – and then we'll go back. But for me, one of the best sequences of the season, Nick Kern, no sirs, the three-point shot, and then takes off down the floor like a beeline, gets hit with the freaking outlet pass. I think it's from Brandon Johns. And Kern doesn't even think about it, touch passes it to Deloach, who also is hustling, and gets down the floor, and it's a dunk. And, I again, I thought I was going to – Burst into flames with joy. I was so happy. Nick Kern, that kind of performance is everything we love about the young man. Eight of nine from the field. 
two two assists, two boards, two blocks only, and I thought there was more than two. So I I think uh, I think the the statistician might have been a little bit not generous to to our guy Nick on the blocks there. You know, seventeen points. What a fantastic all around game from him. Just a complete performance in every way and set the table. So if you look at Nick Kern and you say, well, you start with him, he was brilliant, which he was, which he was. Let's let's talk about doggone Ace Baldwin, who had the 37 against St. Louis and was brilliant and then was 6 for 31 for the next two games, 0 for 10 on Wednesday against Rhode Island in a game that they should have absolutely lost, but Zeb Jackson saved it and maybe – and maybe ends up saving the championship. We'll see if that's how it plays out as a result. This, this is the Ace Baldwin I love. Ace Baldwin with more assists than shots taken. Ace Baldwin manipulating the defense, moving it around, getting players to go where he wants them to go so that when the right angle is there and he drops it off like he did in the second half, to Deloach and Deloach got a dunk. That's what it's all about. That's what I'm talking about. That's the ace ball one that is the best player in this league and should win player of the year. And defensively, just hounding Quisenberry and hounding Sky Moore and hounding that backcourt. Beautiful. And I don't know why I'm not getting comments because I was doggone, I doggone refreshed my phone, but whatever. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, the pass to Deloach Huddle, but, but not just that he's dribbling, he's dribbling, he's, he's, he's waiting for the, for the, for the crease to open. He gets that crease, then he gets the players to come to him like he expects, and then it's Deloach, and then it's a dunk, and that's, that is Ace Baldwin up here. That is Ace Baldwin at the highest level. That is Ace Baldwin just... Just destroying the game with his head. Not his, not his great shooting ability and speed and this and that. It's all this right here. Because he knows, he knows, and when he's playing like this, this is what I love. He, he's absolutely, it's just like Collins in St. Louis. There's a reason Collins averages 10 assists a game. He's two or three moves ahead. And, and the only question is, are you, his teammate, going to get to the spot that he wants you to go? Are you going to understand what he's thinking? And are you going to do that? Because if you do, he's going to get it to you. It's going to be an assist. They're so used to Collins and St. Louis, that's why he piles up all those assists. You know, there's been plenty of times this year where, where Ace has had it and the player hasn't been there or the player didn't quite get there in time or he didn't catch the ball cleanly or whatever. And that's the, the frustration but it's like this this is oh this was this was like mensa 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 the some of the stuff ace was doing out there today and that's my point i went back and looked at that freshman year because i saw games like this from ace where he could control the game while not really having to do much on offense but here's what he did on off Let, let's for, let's we'll put the 10 assists aside for the moment as crazy as that sounds 3 for 6 from the field taking 31 shots the last two games Almost all the shots he took were good shots. He gets to the foul line, makes all five free throws. That's more like it. <clears throat> and he had a few misses at the end, but by and large, VC was very good at the foul line today. 
And he's two for four from three. So, again, taking good shots. And you brought it up, Daniel Carter. Schreiber getting those threes. Again, taking good shots. And, yes, Jason Hutto, he did play good defense. Uh, hey, Chris Conway, God bless you. He's camping and at the top of the mountain so he can watch this video. God bless you, Chris Conway. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. But it was – I mean, that's the thing. Ace – taking quality shots, but again, running the offense, setting the table. You, you see, Listen, when he had 37, they only had 73, which is not terrible. They had 80 today, and they kind of drifted a little bit at the end. They could have easily had 85 or 86 today, very easily. You know, VCU's over 50% from the field for the game, in part because they were 13 of 24 in the second half, 54%, you know. And how about this? You know, we had we uh, Todd St. Pierre puts up that stat about that Zach Hines' stat about they were shooting like 18% or 19% from three. And they were one for seven in the first half, you know, which wasn't great. Uh, but what happened in the second half? Finally started hitting them four out of six from three in the second half. Oh, if that could come back now. For this stretch run, that would be huge. But man, I loved, I loved everything about Ace Baldwin's game today. From, from each end of the floor, just he was, and that's the thing. This defense and and he was and none too. But this defense in general was ferocious today. They were ferocious. And let's be honest. Yes, Quiz and Perry ended up with fifteen points, empty calories because. He only had two at halftime, and they had completely wiped him off the floor. No field goals. He didn't hit a field goal until he hit that three early in the second half. No field goals in the first half. Moore had no field. No Moore had no field goals in the first half. They just they just took them right out of it. None. Jackson, Baldwin, all the guards said, "Uh-uh." And I mean, if it wasn't for Richardson. This would have been, I mean, this would have been 30 or 40 point blowout. Richardson's ends up with doggone, I think it's 21 points. Yeah, makes all those doggone threes. By the way, he's 6 for 10. The rest of them are 2 for 15. So they, you know, they, they, didn't, do, they didn't do anything. They, they didn't do anything except for Richardson in this game, basically. And Quisenberry got a bunch of points in the second half. Big whoop. Big whoop. They they erased him when it mattered. No, Bradley Heath, we're not doing tequila with COVID. We're not doing that at all. No, we're not. No, we are not doing such things. But what we are doing is celebrating because you just – you think about these last several games they've played. It's been on the other team's terms. It's been – the pace has been slow. Both, but you know they they they've struggled on offense. They have they have been forced, you know they have been forced to play it the other team's way in respect. Because again, it's not as if they're totally uncomfortable with these kinds of games. But they've been, you know, when they had that run after the Duquesne loss, by and large their offense was carrying the mail for them, except for the Dayton game. You know, I'm looking at the schedule now. After, after they lost to Duquesne, 89 against Davidson, 78 against Loyola of Chicago. Now, Dayton, they, of course, they come back 63. 83 against UMass, 74 against Richmond, 72 against Mason. 
But then you look, and except for the St. Louis game, 58 St. Bonaventure, they lose that. 61 against Davidson where they snuck home with Baldwin's jumper. 73 against St. Louis. Again, Baldwin had to go ballistic for that to happen. 58 against Dayton and 55 against Rhode Island, which they should have lost, but they found a way to win. So, I mean, it's been a while. You know, January 25th, it's been three, it's been a good three and a half, almost four weeks since we've seen an offensive explosion like this, but it came, it came from Ace getting back to being the facilitator. It came from Nick Kern's magnificent energy. Jalen Deloach off the bench. Excellent. I mean, look, Brandon Johns gets two questionable charging fouls at this, basically at the start of the game and gives us next to nothing, really. Brandon Johns ends up with five points. He doesn't get six boards, which is not bad in 18 minutes. But, you know, he's, he makes one field goal. You, know, you don't think they're going to win doing that. No, not at all. Or not, they're not supposed to. And, and Eric Slater, that's absolutely right. It is, it's about the most complete, if not the most complete, game we've played all year. Because, again, Fordham's been on fire. I think they've won eight of nine is what uh, Robbie and Rodney were saying as I was listening to the game, driving home from work. Uh, you know, this, this was a team, and this was a team that could have won the 8-10 regular season or could have taken a giant step towards it if they'd have won today. Jason Hutto, I I I I asked the question: Does is somebody doing the old? Did somebody do the old Mister Miyagi on Jalen Deloach? The old this number. Uh, anybody that's watched the, the original Karate Kid will know what I'm talking about. Um, anybody do that on Jalen Deloach? Because yeah, Jalen Deloach started on the bench, which was smart. But yeah, he had he had to go. He had to go in his legs. 25 minutes to 11 points, eight boards, so almost a double-double himself, and he had a couple blocks. Thought Jalen Deloach was really good today, stayed under control. You know, didn't give Nowitzki much either. I mean, this, you know, I, I, I didn't think he was going to play today, Deloach. To get that out of him, fantastic. Absolutely Fantastic. Yeah, it is funny, Dan, that we're all sitting here just overjoyed at beating Fordham, but that, that's just the way this crazy season has been. It's its just the way this crazy season has been. And now we've just about put Fordham away because two-game lead over Fordham with four to play plus a tiebreaker, so it's really two and a half. So about two more wins puts Fordham away. And, and now we sit back. With the other big game of the day, actually the night in this case, Duquesne-St. Louis tonight, we can't lose. Because if Duquesne loses, that's just about the top four locked away. Because that will be VCU three games ahead of Duquesne, <coughs> although they don't have the tiebreaker, with four to play. So if Duquesne loses, you can start planning for – they're playing not going to play Tuesday or Wednesday, and you can start making your plans like that. For the, for the tournament. If St. Louis loses, that leaves us two games ahead of them, having already beaten them once, which means we're not going to lose the head-to-head tiebreaker to them, which means we're almost got them put away too. So, you know, this is – we can't lose tonight. We cannot lose tonight. 
Um, I don't. Is that right, Dan Gate? I don't think that's right, Dan Gaitanis. He says we've guaranteed a first round bye with this win. No, we haven't. No, we haven't because Duquesne's in fifth, and we lose a tiebreaker with Duquesne. So I'm not. I I don't think that's correct. I think I think we need at least I think one more win will probably do it. But two wins would make a make it a sure thing. Well, salut, Chris Conway. You enjoy your whiskey. I will enjoy my Barks root beer. Um, oh, a first round by me in the pillow fight. Oh, whatever. The okay. The, the I, I assumed you were talking about the double buy first round by. I'm glad we don't have to worry about such things. The pillow fight. Yeah. Oh goodness. So there. Here's the thing. This is this is the bar now. This is that bar because, as Eric Slater rightly said, if this isn't the best, com- most complete performance of the year, it's 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 two. It's no worse than two. This is fantastic win, fantastic performance. This is this is the bar you've got to try to reach or clear. This is the kind of performance we've got to have in that in the stretch of the season and got to have in Brooklyn. Because play like this, you're not going to lose in Brooklyn. I don't care how or what our records are and and Mike Rhodes' postseason record and all that. They were in, they were focused. They were intense. I I wonder I wonder what the Fordham players thought going in because I mean I I'm, I'm sure they knew that that they that what was on 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 offer here and that they had an opportunity to put to to put a, a serious claim on the regular season championship if they had won. But VCU looked like the team that understood if we lose today, we are putting ourselves in trouble and we are not going to lose today. And they just, they attacked Fordham ferociously and they didn't look ready for it. You know, I talked about how unprepared I thought VCU was for Rhode Island on Wednesday and looked, well, I... <laughs> I think you can make the same case about Fordham. They they did not look prepared for what we, VCU was going to throw at them today, and and they were over, at times they were overwhelmed and looked just utterly confused and not sure what to do. And that's a tough that's a tough feeling because God knows I I've, I've seen it with VCU and I, and Keith Ergo tried everything. They play they played a lot of players like VCU does. They played, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, six. They, they played 11 players. VCU managed to beat that only because they put they, they put some of the backups in at the end. But, I mean, they tried everything for them. They tried absolutely everything, and and, and they had nothing. And, and they had to take care of the ball towards the end of the game real well to only end up with 22 turnovers. Because the lady was talking about at the nine-minute mark, they had 20 turnovers. They had 20 turnovers before that, way before that. So, I mean, they had to – they didn't turn the ball over for quite a while in the second half. And VCU just still – just it didn't make a difference. They couldn't – they couldn't make a dent anywhere. Golly, what a great performance. You know, we, we, we even, even talked about three free throws. They missed a few at the end. So they only end up 23 of 32, which is just a – Shade under 72%, but they were really good in that aspect for most of the game. You know, they had the lead, and that's and this is the other thing. They had to kind of lead at halftime for once that their play merited. Because how many times 
have we seen VCU play so well in the first half and not have the lead to show for it because of turnovers, because of foul shooting, whatever it was, whatever it is. Well, they made 10 out of 14 today, and that's not fantastic. It's 71%. That's okay. But the point is it wasn't 7 of 14 or 6 for 14 because as crazy as it sounds, this could have been a completely different game if this if this is you know if it's thirty three twenty four or thirty two twenty four at the half, and it's only seven or it's only an eight or nine point game, Fordham's going to be like we played absolutely terribly and we're still in this. Instead, it's a thirteen point game because VCU's making it hurt at the foul line and getting a reward for that. Yeah, and and yes, Daniel Carter points off turnovers was crazy today. First half it was twenty one to seven. And for the game, it ends up 29-15. It really wasn't that close. Uh, Fordham got a few at the end when, you know, the game was gone as a contest. You know, VCU just dominated that statistic for, for pretty much most of the game. It ended up 8-8 in the second half. It was, not, it was not that at all until the very end. You know, VCU rebounded the ball well. You know, we talk about that. Plus three on the boards. Let me see here. What was it? I mean, they were minus six on offensive boards, but they win second chance points 11 to 10. So Fordham didn't take advantage of that. And when you're rebounding well, who's rebounding? Your guards are rebounding. Nunn's got four. Baldwin's got four. Watkins is guard forward combo. Seven of them. Great. And even though he's three for 10 today, I really liked a lot of the things Jameer Watkins did today. There was a couple times he needed to pass the ball more than what he did. Jameer Watkins had a good game, 10 points, 7 boards. You know, so that's and that's the other thing. You look at the other side, Watkins has more boards than anybody that's playing for uh than, than anybody on Fordham. So does so does Deloach. He's got more boards than anybody that's playing on Fordham. Brandon Johns got more boards than anybody played on Fordham, and he was in foul trouble and played only 18 minutes. Brandon Johns will get that back though, so I don't worry about I don't worry about him long term. I mean, it just this is golly, this is a box score. You just want to hang it in an art gallery. Hanging in an art gallery is beautiful. Daniel Carter, yes and no. Rhode Island is stingy, but Fordham is too. Rhode Island, they're again, everybody's mental approach was bad, especially on all. Uh, uh, well, no, let me rephrase that. Their offensive mental approach was bad. On defense, they were really good. Their offensive mental approach was just just horrid. But, you, but today, and the reason I think it's going to carry over, Ace, Ace enjoyed himself out there today. I mean, I know he loved the 37, but these last two games were a misery for Ace, and I think he knew that. And I think he he kind of returned to first principles today. And again, unless it's a low number of assists, if Ace has more assists than field goals attempted, I'm probably going to be happy most of the time. Honestly, I am. You know, and when that because when that happens, everybody's everybody's eating, and when everybody's eating, that just kind of feeds on itself. And Baldwin, he was just. He was so good at manipulating them and getting people to do what, what he wanted to do or go where he wanted to go. I mean, they 
what that one towards the end of the game where he's about to fall over and he's splitting, but he sees, I think it's Watkins. I think it's Watkins. It might have been it might have been Kern, one or the other. And he falls over, but he sees it and he's gonna just he's gonna go right as far as he can go without turning it over and whips that thing in there and it's perfect and I think it's a dunk. I think it was Kern. It might have been it might have been Watkins. I'm not even sure at this point. Because there were so many dunks, it was it was I was I couldn't I could almost couldn't keep them all straight because we they had so many today. And that's the other thing. You know, it's great when you attack the paint like that. It's great. You don't have to jack all those three-point shots up. Because those high percentage shots are fun. And not only are they fun, they get the crowd going, they get your bench going. Um, oh, by the way, I have to say, there the, some of the bench reactions, especially after the Shriver two threes, I'll tell you what, the, his teammates must love him to bits. They must love David Shriver to bits. Because when he made that first three, I mean, they're throwing their threes up. And oh, who was it? You know, LaWall was playing the guitar and other people were doing this and that. They were so, I mean, they were so happy they couldn't hardly stand it. So they must... Shriver must be a pretty popular guy in that locker room because they all went crazy when he hit those threes. But you see, you saw the energy. And it started with that Nick Kern dunk, and you saw the energy. They were all – it just got everybody going. And what a great crowd today. It was great to see the, see, the, see the alumni come back, all the great players. What a performance in front of them. I kind of like that too. I, I wonder if that kind of kind of fired VCU up a little bit. It's like let's – Let's show off against the, uh, the heroes of yesteryear who won conference championships and won conference tournaments and got into the NCAA tournament and won games. That's what we want to do. Yes, that is what you want to do, and you showed that kind of performance. You play like this, and you can win that A-10, and you can get into the tournament and knock somebody over as an 11, 12, or 13, whatever it's going to be if you get in there. Yes. All right. So let's get on to the next game real quick. Because the next game, ah, yes, Tuesday night and ESPN Plus, which is good for me, at St. Joe's. So Philly crew, shout our Philly crew out in the good, the bad, and the ugly group. We've got a great group of folks from Philadelphia or VCU fans who, unfortunately, when VCU played at Temple, Rams didn't give them much. Well, it's now on Hawk Hill. You know what a tough environment that's going to be. It's going to be absolutely packed. But I know, our, I know our Philly Crew Rams fans are going to show up and get in there and cheer us on, and we got to give them a W. Got to give them a W so that our Philly Crew doesn't get shut out this year. Give them a give them a win. And, again, you know, this is second-to-last road game of the season, too. So the Road Warriors, they've won six in a row on the road. Let's keep it going because, you know, you win that game, and then all of a sudden it's three to play. And then you you can start putting teams away and saying, well, we don't have to worry about them because we've got them dealt with, and we can start knocking off those higher seeds that that we want to clinch so that we can have the best road for this uh, for this conference tournament in Brooklyn. So that's Tuesday night. Lord will and the creek don't rise. Just like the last several games, I will be with you live. I can't imagine there'll be a scenario where I won't be sitting here watching it with you, especially as it's on ESPN+. Uh, looking forward to it. Can't wait. What a performance today. What a great performance today. Nick Kern, we love you. Fantastic. Ace Baldwin, back to his best. 
That's the ace we know and love. That's the ace that's one of the best players in this conference, maybe the best player in this conference. And uh, let's keep having that ace. Let's keep having that ace for the rest for the rest of this season, so we can uh, so we can do some great things in this tournament. I want to thank everybody in the game thread for great game thread comments as always. Thank you for your wonderful comments on the post game video, even though they, for reasons I can't understand, they didn't show up on my phone. Uh, I appreciate it. Good and the bad and the ugly group. Join us. We have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun. We've had a lot of different. We've had interesting debates this week. You know, it's kind of centered around, you know, some of the performances and all that other stuff. Uh, and we look at, you know, and we keep our eye on all the other teams too. You know, VCU baseball started this weekend, and they got their first win today against Fairfield and those sorts of things. Uh, so we always keep our eye on all the other VCU teams, not just the, not just the men's basketball team. Uh, VCU, by the numbers, which will be Wednesday this week because the VCU plays through Tuesday night, so you will see those Wednesday and uh, other such features as that. In fact, we are probably going to be due maybe the end of next week, maybe maybe uh, next weekend we'll have another uh, update on all our non-conference opponents because some of our non-conference opponents are coming to the end of their regular seasons and are about to enter tournament play. So we'll probably have to do a big update on that probably sometime around next weekend. So thank you all for watching here in the Good and the Bad and the Ugly group. Thank you out in podcast land for listening and supporting us. We really appreciate it that you do. And until Tuesday night, we're hopefully VC will continue to tighten their grip on the top spot in the Atlantic 10. Thank you all. Have a good day, everybody. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.